Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank the King of Kings, the Prince of Peace, the God of the armies of Israel for the life of every person that's in this room today. I thank our Lord Jesus because he's working in your lives this very moment right now. We are all a work in progress. And we have a God that is eternally faithful and merciful. And he is perfecting us in this very moment. We declare that we're from above. We're not from below. We declare that we're heads, not tails. We declare that we're blessed coming in and going out. And we declare that we are more than conquerors in Jesus who loves us and strengthens us. Amen. Holy Spirit, take domain of this place. Speak to our lives. Minister to our hearts. May your word be revealed to us today. May we understand it. May we receive it. May we confess, declare it, and practice it today, tomorrow, and every day in our lives. Listen, you may be walking in the valley of darkness, but persevere. Don't give up. Keep moving because with every step you take, with every step that you leave behind, you're one step closer to your mountaintop. And all that you have to do, all that you have to do to have that inner strength is to believe. Believe in the Word of God. Take authority in your Father, your heir of the God Almighty, the owner of all the silver and the gold. Your co-heir was Jesus Christ. Take authority boldly. Confess your faith confession. That faith confession is the start button that triggers your spirit. And after you confess with your mouth that faith confession, act on your beliefs without an ounce of doubt. And that faith, that godly faith, that measure of faith that you receive, the day that you receive Jesus Christ, that faith is manifested when you put your beliefs into action. You and I, we walk by faith. I don't walk by Google. I don't walk by CNN, Fox News, or what the world says. We call things that are not as if they were. That is who we are as Christians. Theologians, teachers of the word, agree generally that Jesus Christ performed 39 miracles during his three years of ministry. And there are two miracles that intersected on one day. They happened at the same time. Two miracles. And that is what I want to talk to you about today. This is a story that is found Lessons that are found in the book of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's a story of a powerful man. A rich, wealthy man. He was a leader of the synagogue in Capernaum. His name was Jairus. And Jesus had just crossed the Sea of Galilee, returning from the Gerardines where he had been curing men that were possessed by evil spirits. A crowd had gathered at the shores of Galilee, they went to receive Jesus, and Jairus went to the front of the line. He knelt before Jesus, and he said, Rabbi, I beseech you. My only daughter, 12 years old, is 
terminally ill, sick in bed. But if you only lay hands on her, she shall be healed. Jairus was a powerful man. Highly respected. Leader of the synagogue. He had just humbled himself in front of a large crowd. Jairus had confessed his faith confession. If you only lay hands on my daughter, she will be healed. He did not say it softly. He said it boldly, without an ounce of doubt in his heart. That was his faith confession. And they were on their way to Jairus' house. Jesus, Jairus, and a number of the disciples. When something happened, and there are no coincidences in life, I want you to tell the person next to you, there are no coincidences in life. Working her way through the crowd was an unexpected protagonist in what was about to happen that day. A woman that had been the subject of scorn, criticism, and rejection. How many here have ever been scorned by, by a neighbor when you just move into the neighborhood? How many of you have been criticized by a fellow worker at the workplace? How many of you have been rejected by a loved one? This woman for 12 years had suffered from a blood flow. Now this was not her menstrual cycle. This was a 12-year, not sporadic, not periodic, continuous blood flow. And she had spent all of her life savings in doctors, tribal recipes, primitive medicines, but to no avail. Everything, everything had failed. Nothing had worked. And in those days, 2,000 years ago in the Hebrew culture and religion, a woman during her menstrual period which is not what she was suffering, but a woman within her menstrual period was seen as unclean and, un and impure. For seven days, she would have to separate herself from her husband and her loved ones. No contact, no touching. Now imagine this woman for 12 years, the level of frustration, the level of anxiety that surrounded her. But this woman knew Jesus. She knew of Jesus. She knew of his miracles. And she believed in her heart that Jesus was her healer. She could have stayed home that day. After all, everything had failed. Nothing had ever worked for 12 years. But she sensed that her cure was coming closer. Her spiritual eyes could see that her victory What's on his way? And she put her beliefs into action over and over and over again. She said to herself, if I only touch his robe, I will be healed. In his robe, Jesus had the talit, which has the 16, 613 commandments in the strands on the talit. The word of God was in the talit. If I only touch his robe, I will be healed. That was her faith confession. 
which he repeated over and over and over again. The mere fact that in her condition, being deemed impure by all around her. I mean, you have to picture this in those days. Think about this. A continuous blood flow. It's not like she could go to Walgreens or go to the laundry. Hiding her stains, the smell, and knowing that if she was caught and identified and singled out, she would be subject to being stoned to death. But the woman was determined. She never quit. She persevered, repeating her faith confession until she reached Jesus and touched his garment. She connected with Jesus. And Jesus stopped on his tracks. And when Jesus stopped, Jairus stopped. The crowds and the disciples, they all stopped. Now, Jairus was a powerful man. A man of authority. He was the leader of the synagogue. <laughs> Imagine, Jairus could have said to Jesus, come on, man, why are we stopping? But Jairus remained patiently quiet because he was walking next to Jesus. He was in Jesus' shadow. Jesus turned around and said, who touched me? One of the disciples said, Rabbi, we're elbow to elbow here. We're like, sardines in a can. Everybody's touching everybody. And he said, no, 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 no. Someone has touched me and the miracle healing power has gone out of me. At that moment, the woman fell to her knees, confessed that she had touched, and at that moment, her blood flow had dried. Jairus, meanwhile, was watching all of this happening before his very eyes. And Jesus turned to the woman and said, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. During this entire episode, Jairus had his 12-year-old daughter dying in bed. And during this entire time that Jesus was ministering to a woman with a non-life-threatening illness, how, how many of you would have stood idly by, quiet, like Jairus, while Jesus was ministering to someone with a lesser problem? Would some of you have interrupted Jesus? While, she ministered, while he ministered to the woman, would some of you have called him out or rebuked him? Like Martha and Maria when Jesus arrived four days late to the site of Lazarus. Jairus patiently rested in his connection with Jesus. And his patience and his dependence on Jesus was a sign of his humility and his strong faith. This is the same way that our Heavenly Father wants us to depend on him to gracefully, in faith, wait patiently for his time. Listen, if you want to know your level of faith, it's very simple. This is a test. You want to know your level of faith? Hear your words 
out of your mouth in a moment of adversity or a moment of trial and tribulation. Hear what you say in those moments. You never know your level of faith until your faith is tested. And there was Jairus standing next to Jesus when a well-intended messenger, a courier, appears. There was no iPhones, no WhatsApp, no text messaging in those days. And the messenger informs Jairus that his 12-year-old daughter has died. And the messenger says, listen, there's no reason to continue bothering Jesus or all the disciples. No need to go home at this point. Your daughter is dead. God is giving all of us free will. The free will to choose. We are created in his image, but he wants to know what's in your heart. And he knows but what's in your heart by how you respond in a moment of need. So we all have choices. We all choose what to believe. We can choose to believe what the world believes, or we can choose to believe the Word of God. We can choose the results of the MRI that just came back, or we can choose Isaiah 53, 5. He took our illnesses, and by his stripes, I am healed. You can choose a foreclosure note you just got from the bank, or you can choose Philippians 4.19. My all God mighty, my almighty God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Jesus Christ. Or you can choose that threatening attack coming against your family and your company, or you can choose Psalm 91.7. A thousand will follow by my side and 10,000 by my right side, but destruction will not touch me. Jairus could have believed the messenger of death, or he could have believed the word of God. And Jairus' response in his moment of need is that Jairus shows Jesus. Jesus turned to Jairus and says, Jairus, don't fear, only believe your daughter will be made whole. They went to Jairus' house, and after arriving, they got rid of all the crowds and all the visitors that had gathered there to mourn and grief the dead girl. Jairus was there with his wife, Jesus, Peter, John, and James. And Jesus turned to the girl and said in Aramaic, Talita kumi, dear girl, rise. She rose and was fed. The woman with a 12-year blood flow had a choice. She could have stayed home believing the reasoning of man, that where science had failed, where man had failed, why risk going out in the open, out in the public, and being stoned to death? But faith is not about logic. Faith is not about reasoning. Faith is not about intellect, emotions, or historical precedents. Faith is only about one thing, the Word of God, and believing in His Word. And the woman with a 12-year blood flow, she had a choice. She had a choice of believing science and the world, but instead she believed the God of the impossible. And her faith did the rest. 
just like doubt and fear every time will do Satan's work, your faith will always do God's work. Jairus had a choice. Jairus could have used his common sense, his authority, the news that had just been conveyed by a messenger that had been at his house at the moment that his daughter had been declared dead. And Jairus could have proceeded to tell everybody there, including Jesus, as leader of the synagogue, to just go home. There was no need to continue. So Jairus could have believed the reasoning of man. But instead, he believed in the God of the impossible. And your response in your moment of need, what you choose to believe will position you to God's blessings and to your victory. In closing, I want to share with you a personal testimony. In 2007, 15 years ago, as a result of a failed real estate project in Fort Myers, my wife, myself, my partner and I, we were the in the receiving end of a $15 million judgment. 15 million, that's one five with six zeros behind it. And for 12 years, and as I said, there are no coincidences in life, for 12 years, till 2019, we litigated. I personally faced depositions on an annual basis, my wife every once in a while. Every Friday, every once in a while, every month or so, we would receive a sheriff's notice of a break-in order that they could come in on Saturday with a truck and take all of our furniture away. We were accused of fraud for tithing, for continuing to give offerings to Alpha and Omega. And facing the aspect of insolvency, because I did not have $15 million to pay the bank, I also had a choice. I could have believed the advice of my accountants and my attorneys who all said, Willie, you and Lewis should declare chapter 11 and get under protection of bankruptcy laws of the United States of America. Or I could have believed the Word of God. And I chose that my protection comes not from the bankruptcy courts, but from the Almighty. Now, and this is why this, I want to try to bring this around. I had the perfect worldly excuse. As a matter of fact, I had the legal justification to say to my pastor, it's illegal for me to continue giving any offerings or tithing. It's seen by the courts as fraud that under all this litigation I would continue giving to the church. But not once did my wife and I stop. Not once did we discontinue our tithings. The word says in Malachi 3.10 Bring your tithings to the altar where you find nourishment. Test me. Test me in this, says the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. And if I don't open the windows of heaven, pour blessings over your life until there's overabundance.
We settled in 2019, 12 years later. We settled for $3 million with the bank, $12 million less than the lawsuit. But for 12 years, we kept the faith. For 12 years, we never stopped tithing. And the blessings to us came in 2020. And I believed it happened that year so that there would be no doubt as to where it's coming from. Because it happened in the most unlikeliest of moments, the most unlikeliest of periods in the life of this country, in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle where everything was closed, where nobody could see farther than they could throw a stone. And the blessings in 2020 were so large, so abundant, so incredibly out of scale. They went well beyond my wife and I. Next month, we'll be moving into a house that is five times the value of the house that we had in 2019. In 2020, my son and his wife moved into a house that was twice the value of the house they had the year before. My daughter and her husband moved into a house that is twice the value of the house they had the year before. And our company today is worth three times what it was worth in 2019. Those blessings. did not come because of my schooling or my intellect or how hard I work. Those blessings come because I was faithful and my wife was faithful for 12 years, faithful in the word, tithing in the word. The book of Matthew says in chapter 25, 23, and I'm bringing it to a close now, faithful servant, you have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Now, I don't know what may be happening in your lives today as you may be sitting here. I wish I did, but I really don't. I don't know what problems you may be facing, what adversity or adversaries you are encountering in your lives, what trials you may be going through, what problems you may be facing. But I do know this, that each of you have a choice. And you can choose to walk in fear and in doubt or you can choose to walk in faith and standing on the Word of God. I don't know what mountain is in front of you but I do know that when you tithe in your moment of need that tithing is a seal of your faith and your affirmation of your faith and dependence on the Word of God. And lastly, I do know this, that your response in your moment of need will position each one of you into God's blessings and your victory. In the Lord Jesus' name, amen.